Welcome, my many sweet feathers. Before we begin on this Arc 3.5 Final Chapter Prologue, allow me to tell you about Audible.com. On Audible, you can find as many audiobooks as your audio-based heart desires. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get a free audio download and a 30-day free... Get a free audio download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com dspn. And now, away with ye. On to the episode. Welcome to Arc 3.5 Final Chapter Prologue. Yeah, so 3.5 Final Chapter Prologue is going to be this, like, weird little middle arc thing where we transition from arc three, the gray manacle into as of yet unnamed arc four and make lots of kingdom hearts references. So if you don't know about kingdom hearts, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think how best to form this joke. It's formulating. Okay. Give it time. Hey guys. Yes. Did you know when you walk away, you <laughs> won't hear me say, let's play D and D. Please. Oh, baby. <laughs> I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, is any of this for real? Or not? I'm Kat. I am your DM. I'm Noelle, and I play Fran. I'm Caitlin, and I play Corbin. All right, so it is a few days later uh, after the end of Arc 3. Fran and Corbin, after Mary spoke with Laika, she took the two of you aside and broke the news to you guys that she was sending Laika off with the Estrins. I, I tried to fist fight Mary, just <laughs> and, as an FYI. <laughs> <laughs> She she pretty much was like she just gave up. She just like let you. She she let you. As soon as she gave her. up, I I also gave up. Yeah. <laughs> I I also tried to join in the fist fight, but like my my limbs were just they weren't in it, so I was just kind of like shaking my shoulders <laughs> back just... and forth, and then collapsed. In the end, the we ground. just all held hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, and Mary when she was discussing this with you guys she she felt really bad you know she didn't she didn't know how you guys were going to take it and that's why she just accepted the fist fight when it happened (laughs) you know honestly it was the better reaction than what she was expecting so she just she rolled with that Hmm. literally on the ground so after the news has been broken to you guys uh laika gets she is whisked off to start planning things with the estrins and taking on a role as one of their leaders and Fran and Corbin, do you want to do anything before the Estrins leave? Yeah, I think we uh, need to talk to Buddy. We have a few things to ask him about. He is he still like around? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So you guys find Buddy just as he is about to leave to go shopping for supplies, and he says, "Oh, great timing! I uh, 
I, I need someone to translate for me while I get some things. And he looks down at a little slip of paper in his giant sweaty hand. And he's like, I don't, I haven't really, uh, and he, he hands the shopping list to you guys. And he's like, I don't really know where to get this stuff. I'm not, I don't know why they asked me to do it. I- Help me please, kids. <laughs> Okay, I looked out at the list. What's on the list? Oh, it's things like you know rations, uh, you know rope, things that you'll find in the in the market of Danmar. I hand it back to him and I say, "Go to the market, buddy." Where's the market? Uh. This city makes no sense. Estra made sense. It was laid out on a grid. The streets were numbered. There's no numbers <laughs> here, or if there are, I don't know how to read them. Uh, we can take you to the to the market, buddy. But we have some good stuff to ask you on the way. Yeah, we have some actually important things to talk about with you, buddy. All right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's walk and talk and walk and shop and shop and talk. Is Mary going to stay with, like, the Estrians and Laika to kind of figure everything out? Yeah, Mary is, she's taking on sort of a coordinating role. And people are still, they're trying to be really deferential to her. And she's just like, you know, people be like, oh, my goddess, let me carry this for you. And she's like, no, I got it. I don't want you to carry this for me. But yeah, so she's she will be staying behind. So it's just you and Buddy and Corbin. Okay. So uh, first, first of all, Buddy, um, how how long were you a guardian for Kai? Uh, not that long, really. Let's see, uh, only four years, really. That seems weird. Well, yeah, it was weird. She died really young. She got sick. Pretty much right after her 18th birthday, and, well, after that, it all went downhill pretty quick. Who? She was alive for 18 years. Who was her guardian for when you weren't her guardian? You know, it was just the way that it was with you guys. She just stayed in the temple and was raised by her attendants until she was about 16, and then there was the whole ceremony, you remember, with the forest temple and mm. the traps and the puzzles. Right, and- from my memories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in those couple years, did you get to know her? I mean, obviously, she she spoke, right? Yeah, yeah, she she could still speak then. I guess, I don't know, it's, it's a little weird for me to think of it right now is this goddess isn't my goddess. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. You'll get used to it. Yeah, it's fine. I'm glad Like is coming along to keep people's spirits up about it. I feel like people haven't gotten a chance to get to know her, but she seems all right. She's cool. She's super crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted her to come along, but she says she's got an important mission with the two of you, so... uh Well, she's probably more of a liability than a help to you at this point. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I... That doesn't sound encouraging. <laughs> Do you guys need me to come with you guys? Do I need to step in? No, 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 no. no. She's not a liability to us. We just got to keep on the move, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, to answer your question, I didn't really ever get to know the goddess. What did you call her? Kai. Did yeah. you Did you not call her Kai? No. No, we just knew her as the goddess or goddess or, uh, or Alonia would occasionally call her goddess OG. But that's oh my, that's so funny. That's really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The goddess didn't really, you know, she didn't really laugh at it, but the rest of us did. <laughs> <laughs> that's even funnier. <laughs> so even though you spent all that time, you didn't get to know her. Is that 
Was she standoffish? Not. Was she okay? She was old, I guess, if that makes sense. You know, she's been alive thousands of years, and it's just hard to relate to someone like that, you know? I'd, you make a joke, and you get the feeling she's heard every joke before. Like, literally every single joke. Mary is not like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mary loves jokes. So, did she seem, like, morally sound? <laughs> That's a weird question. Yeah, she always seemed like she wanted to do what was best for everybody in Estra, and how we thought of it as a time she wanted to protect what was left of the world. But it's weird to think that she kept all of this and emotions around to the city, kept all of this secret from us. Was she politically involved with things? She held a audience with Estrans uh, once every so often. Did she take suitors? I mean, she only took one suitor. I remember you telling us about him before. Yeah. I think his name was Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Greg. <laughs> what was Greg like? I didn't really know him much. You know, he just would, uh, he'd show up occasionally. You didn't, like, and... vet him? <clears throat> well, if Mary had a boyfriend, we would know oh. everything about him. Oh, he'd go through it. Well, I mean, he'd she... go through it. He'd go through it. <laughs> the goddess was really a private person. She'd dismiss us and when your god dismisses you you kind of just have to go stand outside the door and twiddle your thumbs oh, that's we, not what we did we do not listen to mary <laughs> like that i feel like maybe maybe your guardians didn't teach you right i <laughs> like it doesn't do it either buddy nobody oh i am really disappointed <laughs> it's cool mary's it's fine. mary's fine with it yeah she's okay with it so by this time, you guys have made it to the marketplace, and uh, Buddy, he's looking at a stall, and he, he picks something up, and he goes, is this food? I can't tell what's food here. Is it food? Do we know if it's food? What it's, is it? It's definitely a rock. <laughs> yeah, I think it's food. It's food, Buddy. <laughs> is this the kind of food that... <laughs> is this the kind of food I'm supposed to take on a long journey? I think I think take that, but let's also give you some other rations. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a, like a special treat. <laughs> it's like a dessert. You'll spoil your dinner. What? How much do I pay for it? Oh, it's free. I don't think it's free. That woman's looking at me like maybe it's not free. Is it that woman's rock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The woman is the that he's motioning to is the woman who is running this stall who is selling rare ores and geodes. <laughs> you sell rocks. Why do you sell rocks, lady? We say in the language that Buddy can't understand. (laughs) These are rare ores and materials good for crafting. Mm. That one there, 100 silver. Ridiculous. Buddy, Buddy, put it back. No, Buddy, it's not worth it. This lady's not reasonable. (laughs) All right. And he he makes an Estrin motion of apology, which is sort of like a rolling of the hand, and the woman looks very offended. Buddy! Oh, buddy, you did it now? God, I did, I buddy! I don't, I don't know where I did I really want to get out of this city. I don't <laughs> like this. I don't like any of this. I don't like all these people. Why is it so hot here? It's a desert. It's a isn't, desert, buddy. Isn't there God, like, the rain one? Isn't she supposed to, like, keep things cool? Why don't the gods here actually take care of people? I don't oh, understand it. Buddy, you are <sighs> preaching to the goddamn choir, so to speak. <laughs> Let's just let's just go, and then we should go to where we get rations, and we should also get some rations. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for for Mary too. 
Yeah. Buddy is just, he's buying rations. He's buying a lot of rations. Stuff oh. that's on his list. Yeah, stuff that's on his list. And we are, like, translating for him when needed. Oh, which is constantly. Uh, which people is... are very unfriendly toward him because he is orcish. Mm. And we are not nice to them in response. <laughs> no. All right, so you guys now at this point, you've bought your rations and you're sitting on the edge of the little public park that's in the marketplace. And Buddy is just sprawled out on the grass. And he's like, he just looks miserable. He is sweating so much. He's like, I hate this place. Why is the sun so awful here? <laughs> I give him some ice chips. Uh, he just like puts them on his face. So what else would you like to speak with Buddy about? Buddy, what kind of person would you say Alonia was? She was real funny. Uh, yeah, she was funny. You remind me of her a lot, actually, Fran. Oh, God. She, did, yeah, she always had a joke. Never took anything too seriously. Okay. But, uh, yeah, just... When was that? Probably four, five, six years. Yeah, probably like six years after we were, uh, I don't know, relieved of duty. She got... Something happened. She wouldn't really tell us about it, but she just, she got real quiet. How old was I then? Five, six, maybe? So was I in her care at that point? Yeah, definitely. Is that when she started wearing that necklace? Mm, what necklace? I don't remember. I, her, she didn't really wear jewelry much. She was very practical. I mean, she had, hold on, I pull out the necklace. <laughs> oh. She wore this all the time, buddy. Uh, he looks at it closely and goes, huh. I guess I kind of remember her wearing it, but we didn't see each other much, you know, before everything happened. She kind of stuck to the, the deer section of the forest, and I was busy raising the young pups, and I just sort of figured she she had her hands full with you. That's probably true. Corbin, shut up. <laughs> Buddy, do you ever feel like everyone in your life was secretly Torva? And you didn't know even one person who wasn't Torva. <laughs> I literally no. I never I've, have I ever felt that ever in my life. But uh, I'm sorry, kid. And he sits up and he pats you on the back. And as he sits up, like the ice chips that he's put all over his face just like slide off. <laughs> um. Do you think she seemed like she cared about me? Oh yeah. Yeah, kid, hey, hey. And he, he takes you by the shoulders. His grip is a little bit too strong. But he, he turns turns you to face and he says, Hey, don't ever doubt that. She cared about you more than anything in the world. That's what she always told me was she was sad that she didn't get to be a guardian for longer. But she was so, so proud to be able to raise you. Was that before or after she was quiet? Uh... I mean, I guess it was before. Cool. <laughs> why, why are you asking me all this? Uh, well, I'm just trying to figure out, like, who I was raised by, you know. <laughs> like, if I'm probably a sleeper agent who's going to turn on all my friends, <laughs> usual stuff. <laughs> and Fran is laughing, but she is weeping. <laughs> Corbin gives Fran a pat on the back and says, 
If you turn out to be a sleeper agent, Fran, don't worry, I'll kill you in an instant. Oh, Corbin, that really means a lot. You're welcome. I got you covered, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey. And, and buddy, he wraps you into a big, big hug. And he says, no, come on. Look, I don't, I don't 100% understand what's going on. <laughs> like, I, I'll be honest here with you kids. You're in, you're into something that's over my head and... I, I wish I could be a more helpful role model to you, but from what I've seen, you guys have your hearts in the right place, and you're doing what's best, possibly for the world. I'm Again, I'm not really sure what's going on, but- Oh, that makes three of us. Hey, and he pulls back, and uh, as he pulls back, Fran, you just feel like slick with his sweat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he says, whatever comes next, I trust that you guys are going to be able to do the right thing, all right? So no more tears. Just sweat. <laughs> I, I think we're going to go somewhere a little less sweaty, so... Me too, hopefully. Maybe just regular water from now on. <laughs> and Fran, Fran wipes her tears. Here, do you need a handkerchief? And he, he pulls out of his pocket a very damp handkerchief. Don't. Buddy, no, thank you. Fran, don't do it. Buddy. All right. And he uses it to, <laughs> to mop the sweat off of his brow. It's not doing anything, buddy. <laughs> I know. It's just sort of just sort of smearing it around. Visual image is horrific. I hate this place so much. Oh, how do I get back to the Estrin camp? Yeah. <laughs> we just start walking. All right, so... It takes the Estrins a little while to get everything prepared, loaded up onto wagons, and uh, they they plot their route out using the maps and Laika's very limited knowledge of the area, and Zayroth's more comprehensive knowledge of the area. They decide that they are going to head east toward the northern forests on this continent. So the day that the Estrin caravan takes off, it is just, it is so hot and it is so miserable outside, but... You guys head out to see off the Estrins. Uh, they are lined up at the gates. Seeing all the Estrins gathered there, you see just how excited they are to start moving and start looking for their new home. And at the front of the caravan, there's Aaliyah and Buddy, Jinji and Zaroon, and Laika. Buddy is standing toward the front. He says, all right. We better get on the road now. Then he puts a hand on your shoulder, Laika, and he says, Better say your goodbyes, alright? Alright, guys. Well, I guess this is bye for now. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do? Well, there was that one time you tried to attack Torva head-on, so I figure that still leaves me with a lot of options. Uh, Fran is just, like, hyperventilating <laughs> as she listens to these words from Corbin. <laughs> Fran, take care of them. Keep them safe and headed in the right direction. <laughs> oh my god. Corbin, be strong, stay crazy. Uh. I'll always be crazy, Laika. No comment about that other one. <laughs> and then uh, Fran, like, dive bomb hugs Laika. Yeah, so and, does Corbin. And like, we hang off of her, like, little laundries off a string. <laughs> uh, Mary comes in and completes the hug and squeezes you all super, super tightly. Oh, um, Mary's the strong one and the crazy one. Oh, my bones and ligaments. <laughs> Buddy says, all right, we got to get going before it gets any hotter. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and 
Fran will squeeze Laika's hands before they go and say, I'm, I'm really going to miss you. Me too. And Corbin takes Laika's other hand. I'll miss you too. Don't worry. You guys are going to do great. And I'll keep the Estrin safe until we find you a new home. And, uh, and Buddy, he gives like a slap on the back, and they all turn, and Buddy calls out, All right, Estrins, let's go! And the caravan moves out. Corbin promised himself that he wasn't going to cry when they said goodbye, but he's Aww. leaking. He's leaking like a um, sieve. Yeah, I mean, Fran promised herself she wasn't going to cry like the day she was born, and she's broken it pretty much every day since then. <laughs> <laughs> she's also crying. <laughs> But she waves. <laughs> and uh, you guys go on up to the the wall of the city and you watch them as they march off along the road and up the switchback cliffs to the green plains beyond and hopefully to some place that all of you can someday call home. So um, that night... You guys, you sit down with your map of the world and decide where you're going to go. So where do you guys want to go? We have it marked like where Torva's bases are from what we saw in Torva's jaw, right? Yep. So you guys marked on your map all of the uh, broken tower symbols that you saw on the map in Torva's uh, war room. So on this continent, there are markers on the city of Madria which is on the western coast. And there is a marker on the city of Ilfra, which is in the forests to the northeast. So Madria, that's where that that weird teacher guy was from, right? Yes, yeah, Shaw. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Mary Signs, they supposedly have a good university. At least that's what him and all of his colleagues said. Maybe their library has some useful information. Hey. <gasps> Isn't that also where the hot prince is? Everything is calling us to Madria. <laughs> we gotta go there. Oh my god. Imagine all the books. Imagine all the boys. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we decide to go there. And maybe maybe we'll meet up with Shaw. Who knows? Yeah, so um you guys you tell Felina what your plan is that you're planning to go to Madria, and she immediately just says, Okay. Great. Don't worry about a thing. I'll make sure you have safe passage and food and we owe you all so much and I'm happy to do this for you. So the morning that you guys are scheduled to leave, you pack up your meager belongings into Fran's bag of holding and you say goodbye to your rooms at the Thirsty Slavira. Uh, Is there anything else you guys want to do in the city before you ship out? You want to get one last bite at that food stand? Yeah, we better go to the. Yeah. Oh, do you guys finally go to the Hungry Boy hungry food boy stand? Yeah, you never, the, you never, hungry boy. Actually, got it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been using it as a landmark the whole time. <laughs> We're gonna go get a bite at Hungry Boy. Yeah. All out. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you go to the Hungry Boy food cart. What they sell there are like fry breads, folded over and full of like meat and other toppings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they're kind of like, like arepa. a calzone. <laughs> like a calzone. No. no like a calzone more like an like an arepa but I was, if they were i was imagining a euro yeah kind of like a euro okay so they're kind of like uh fried euros not they're not calzones well, 
So uh, as you guys approach the the docks in Danmar uh, with your handfuls of hungry boy, it's a pretty nice day, and the sea breeze is coming in cool and strong off the water. You see, already gathered at the docks, Captain Sabia is here. Her uniform is really is neatly pressed, and her hair is done in a thick coiled braid at the back of her head. She looks polished and just like the picture of the captain of the guard. Um, and next to her is Felina, and Baron as well, with his hand uh, around Felina's waist. Um, and along with this group is Diamond. <laughs> he approaches right about the same time as you, and he's wearing this opulent blue coat, which swirls behind him as he approaches. He says, oh, hail! I'm glad that I caught you all. And he gives a deep bow. Felina leans to Baron. She goes, who is this? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Corbin can't speak, but his knees are shaking. <laughs> Fran, he takes your hands in his and he says, I wanted to thank you for all of your help in helping me rescue everyone from those gray manacle thugs. Oh, that's not what I did or what you did, but you are so welcome. <laughs> I have a gift from you, from my lord. And he reaches into his pocket uh, oh, and he takes out a small gold jar and he presses it into your hands, Fran, and he says, should you have need of my lord while you are within the domain of another god, simply drop a coin into this jar and he will appear. Ugh. Alright, I throw it into the bag of holding, hoping that it breaks. And <laughs> it does not. <laughs> yeah, that figures. You actually you hear a little ka-ching as it goes in. Um, and I say, cool, like tell him to go fuck himself and <laughs> Uh, we'll see you later. Hopefully he sends you instead of himself. Bye. Farewell. Thank you again for all of your help. And uh, Sabia gives him a sidelong look and then nods to you guys and says, Truly, thank you for your assistance and everything. I cannot imagine what would have happened had you not been here. And the king, his majesty sends his deepest gratitude. He could not come down to see you off himself of course oh couldn't I <laughs> and from the crowd a man dressed like a sailor but it, who is like he's still very clearly the king, clearly the king. but he's put on this sailor disguise oh my god Yes. and Sabia goes your majesty you should not be out here and he says nonsense I need to walk among my people and see off their heroes he shakes each of your hands jovially and he says thank you so much truly I have and Sabia interrupts and she says I have arranged passage on a ship for you <laughs> <laughs> the king has sponsored it very graciously she motions to a vessel that is in front of you on the docks and she says this is the wandering moon it will be heading to Madria today they're carrying uh, orcish goods and Denmari glass so it shouldn't be too rough of a journey. They're staying close to the coastline, so there shouldn't be any risk of attacks. It should be very safe. I've made sure of it. I've double and triple checked it for you. I double and triple checked it, Valina says. <laughs> and the king laughs. He says, see, this is what it is to be a superior. You take credit for your underling's work. <laughs> There's a lot of delegation going on here, I think. <laughs> That's bureaucracy for you. <laughs> you all do an amazing job. At doing other people's jobs. 
Should you ever have need of Danmar's aid, it is yours in a heartbeat. Truly, you are heroes to us. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, is it, we're planning to head to Madria next. Is is there anything you need us to tell them? Or you want me to say hi to your hot son? Please say hello to my son. I will send a message ahead to the Madrian court to let them know to treat you as honored guests. Oh, that's yeah. different. Oh. I want to be a duke. <laughs> well, if only I had more time, I would have made you a duke of Danmar. <gasps> 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 However, it seems you are already heading out, so there's no time. No. So we shouldn't even speak of it. <laughs> no. So as, as you guys are talking, you see a short, tan, broad-chested man coming down the gangplank of the Wandering Moon. And he says, ahoy there! Uh, he has a blue bandana tied around his head and a thick auburn red beard braided with beads and coins. He says, I see you must be our new passengers. And he, he holds out his hand to each of you to shake your hands. He says, I'm Captain Martin. This is my ship, the Wandering Moon. Welcome aboard. I love your beard. Thank you. Hi, Martin. <laughs> Merton. Morton. If you do continue to do this, it will get very old very fast. My name is Captain Martins, and if you don't tell me that, I will throw you off the side of the ship. Let's move on. Yeah, don't throw me over the edge. <laughs> that would be bad. I might drown. <laughs> so the ship in front of you, the Wandering Moon, it's a medium-sized vessel. It has two masts, each of them with a large sun-yellow sail decorated with a painted silver circle. From the topmost mast is flown a red flag with two golden fish leaping up like laurels around a trident. So the captain motions over his shoulder and says, Come on aboard, I'll show you around. And uh, the group on the docks, they give you, everybody gives you a hug, even the king. Even the king gives you a big hug. Aww. Corbin doesn't want to let go. He says, Son, you have to let go. Fran, Fran is like trying to pull him off. <laughs> Son, you, you need to... <laughs> no, it's fine. We gotta go. This is fine, Fran. We have to go to Madrid. It's okay. He takes a bite of his euro behind the, <laughs> the king's back. So everybody gives you hugs, and uh, you guys head up the gangplank. Uh, Mary gives a little wave from the side of the ship, and Captain Merton motions the three of you aboard, and he says, You're a small crew, but everyone's well enough to get along with. Uh, you'll be staying in the crew's quarters. It's nothing fancy, but the hammocks are comfortable. And uh, he takes you across the deck where there are people. They're loading cargo right now into the bottom of the ship. Lots of crates that smell very interesting. Um, mm. Corbin, your stomach growls as one of them smells particularly foul. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get enough at the Hungry Boy. And I'm ready for more. <laughs> Don't mind the cargo. We're transporting orcish goods and those tend to stink a bit but they sell for a good price in madria lots of crafters there fran is ignoring everything this dude is saying because she's about to travel by sea and she's the most excited she's ever been <laughs> uh, he leads you to the bow of the ship and opens a small door ushering you into the crew's quarters in here there are hammocks strung up and a few people milling about and he calls out mr rowan and a lithe tan elf limps up from the back of the crew's quarters and gives the captain a less than crisp salute. He has brown hair, which is cropped close on the sides and stands almost straight up from the top of his head. You notice immediately that his left leg is bandaged and splinted. 
And he says, aye, Captain. And uh, Merton says, we'll be taking these three aboard as passengers until we get to Madria. Have Mr. Noon set them up with spots to sleep and make sure Mr. Gordon knows to prepare something special to welcome them aboard. Aye, Captain, Rowan says. Uh, this is my first mate, Rowan. If you need anything, go to him. He may not look the friendliest fellow, but he's reliable and he'll get you what you need. And with that, Captain Merton claps Rowan on the shoulder and he exits the crew quarters. Deckhand Noon, Rowan calls turning away from you immediately. And a black-haired gnome with olive skin snaps to attention and gives you guys a nervous little smile. He says, I'm Mr. Rowan. And he approaches the three of you as Rowan just walks away. <laughs> uh, he sticks out his hand to the three of you and says, it's nice to meet you. Welcome aboard. Uh, uh, I'm Noon. You can call me Noon. What are your names? Morning. Night. <laughs> Uh, Cor- Corbin Cor- and Fran high five. <laughs> yes, Corbin and Fran definitely high five. Oh, oh, ha ha! Very funny. I've never heard that joke before. Uh, Mary steps forward a little bit and signs. My name is Mary. This is Fran, and that one's Corbin. Nice to meet you, Noon. Hi, Noon. Forget about that joke we made. <laughs> Do you get it? Hi, Noon. I get it. Ah! <laughs> Fran and Corbin high five again. Yes. Oh. I can tell you guys will be fun to travel with the come on i'll show you where to put your things and then he he looks you over and he leans around to check behind you and he goes uh oh um did your things not make it aboard we travel light huh i'm an urchin oh well hey me too i mean <laughs> me three <laughs> mary just sort of shrugs mary four <laughs> mary decides, i don't think i'm an urchin you are now you weren't <laughs> Oh, I've got some re-examining to do. Ha <laughs> uh, So Noon shows you guys to the back of the crew's quarters where there are some three hammocks strung up in, they're like stacked on top of each other, basically. Mm. And he says, well, this is where you'll be. Sorry, it's a little cramped. Uh, we travel light, so, well, light on crew, that is, heavy on cargo. Like, uh, can Can these hammocks be like untied from where they are? Oh, yeah. Okay, I will be sleeping on the deck. <laughs> I call top bunk. I'll take the one in the middle. All right, Mary, I guess it's on the bottom. I untie it and put it in my bag of holding, which I'm sure that Noon loves to see. Noon is amazed. He goes, how'd you get all that in there? I'm very talented. I'm an origami master. Wow. I'm impressed. Mm, thank you, Noon. Well, uh, this is probably where you'll be spending most of your time. You're free to go aboard up on the deck as long as you just stay out of the way. Um... People can get a little aggressive if you're <laughs> underfoot, like I am, Corbin, a lot of the time. Corbin looks severely at Fran, because <laughs> she's apparently going to be sleeping up there. Uh, Fran doesn't notice and doesn't care. God, You feel a big shift in the ship, and he goes, oh, looks like we've pulled anchor. Come on, you probably want to wave goodbye to your friends, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. I guess, but I am just running to the deck. I just want to be there. (laughs) All right. So you guys, you head up to the deck as the wandering moon is sailing away. And the the little farewell party waves to you. There's Felina and Baron, who look really happy. And Zabia, who looks sort of done with the king, who's giving you a very royal, regal-looking wave, like the sort of parade wave. And she slaps his arm down and just, 
And you can just barely hear her saying, that is not how a sailor waves. <laughs> and uh, Diamond, he gives you a big bow as you sail off away from the port. Corbin touches his boob window. Diamond touches his chest. And then he unbuttons one button of his shirt to bear a boob window. To Corbin you. faints. He <laughs> collapses on oh. deck. Mary rushes to you, to you immediately and starts fanning you, Corbin. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. You hear gulls crying, and uh, just before the docks of Danmar are out of sight, you watch one seagull dive down and swipe a hungry boy treat from the food cart. <laughs> and then you watch it fly overhead with a delicious fried good in its beak. Ding! Hello, hello, my boys. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I'm eating pasta salad. I just spent like seven hours writing some kind of horrific semi-parody of Simple and Clean, and uh, I'm very ill. So let's get into it. Um, I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge the big thing that happened at the end of Last Ark and during the beginning of this one as well. Uh, Laika is going with the Estrins, uh, so we're having a cast change. We should probably move our announcements to the end of episodes for stuff like this, but will we do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, for those of you who don't know from our social media, Sophia is moving on from Dames and Dragons. Sometimes life just gets in the way of podcasting, unfortunately. Um, as we all know, Sophie brought uh, incredible depth, humor, and warmth to every single episode, line, and interaction. And we will miss her outrageously. But uh, we'll see what happens when we see the Estrins again. And also, for those of you who haven't seen on social media, we are going to be adding a new cast member as well. Someone you all have been begging us to have back on the show, Hannah Colbert. Uh, she did an amazing job, as you'll remember, as our guest during Arc 2, and we are psyched as hell to be able to work with her again. Uh, there should be more details about that in the episode after... The next episode. Um, I hope you all are just hyped as hell about it. Um, okay, so next up, please allow me to thank our beautiful, wonderful, amazing iTunes reviewers. As always, I cannot stress enough how helpful and invaluable it is when you guys rate us on iTunes. This time, those specific thanks go out to Try You Haunted Pants, Hunnit G's, <laughs> Applejack, one, two, three, four. Geek anime girl, relatable, uh, Smack Skittles, and Shaden. Oh. There's legitimately not even one uh, vowel in that. I don't, I can't, I'm so sorry. Uh, Lord Henley Lackman and Baguette Lover. On Patreon, I gotta thank my friends David, Taylor, LeRae, Justin, Aya, Aster, Fearless, Guster, Kelly, Katrina, and Jensen. Yes, thank you! Alright, so my bosses James Intercast and Rudy Basso asked me to record a commercial for the Newbie DM Minicast, my new 5-10 to 10 minute podcast aimed at giving Dungeon Masters quick nuggets of advice. 
but I've never cut a commercial before, so let me see what I could do. <clears throat> Best radio voice. All right, Newbie DM here inviting you. Oh, oh wow, that's terrible. Hello, uh, Newbie DM here inviting you to join the minicat. Wow, that's bad. This sucks. I'm never going to get this commercial for the Newbie DM minicast done, and James and Rudy are going to be mad at me. You know what? Let me just put this aside for now and get back to recording another episode of the minicast where I give out some hot DMing advice and I'll come back to the commercial later. Sorry, James. Sorry, Rudy. It's not going to happen right now. And FYI, recently one of our very own cat's questions was answered on the Newbie DM podcast, so make sure to check that out. Last of all, Chantel, the code word is probably a sheep. Go! That is that. You guys are off. You are sailing along the coast. So what do you guys want to do? You have a six-day voyage to Madria. Very cool. Um, There's just water everywhere. Are we yep. like still, we're just kind of like within sight of the shore kind yeah. of thing? Yep. Very good. It's a good wind today and you're moving at a, at a good speed. So you'll be out of sight of the city pretty quickly. Well, Fran is going to like be out swimming sometimes. <laughs> All right. So, so... <laughs> Pretty much as soon as you guys are out to sea, Fran just dives into the ocean. (laughs) Jumps like, goodbye, cruel world, and jumps in. Oh, and when someone sees you on uh, jump ship, they immediately go, man overboard. No, 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 I say. (laughs) Corbin Corbin walks up and says, don't worry about it. That's just, that's how she likes to be. She's happy there. We're moving away pretty quickly. She's going to get left behind. She'll be fine. I swim really fast. I do swim really fast okay. as a water genasi. Yeah. Um, hey, while you're under the water, will you make me a perception check? Ooh. That's going to be a 17. Oh, nice. So you, while you are underneath the water, you hear a song. <gasps> you hear it, and it sounds really sad. What the fuck? Um, and as you're swimming around under the water, you're able to pinpoint it, and it seems to be coming from the hold of the ship. Oh, if I swim up to the side of the ship and like hold on and listen, mm-hmm. are there words? No. Well, it sounds like there might be words, but they're not words you can understand. Okay. And as you're swimming around the ship, trying to sort of find where it is, you find a small grate about the size of like an envelope. Okay. Um, and it seems the song is coming from that grate. Corbin's great senses start to tingle. <laughs> And this is, like, just above the surface of the water, kind of? No, it's, it's under the water. Oh, it's under the water. Yeah. And it's open? Yeah. If I look in, in the grate, can I see, or is it not that kind of grate? No, you can't see anything in there. Okay. Cool. Very suspicious. Well, I think I'm, I want to try and, like, communicate with this thing. So I'm going to go to the grate and say, hello? The singing stops. That was pretty cool song. Are you okay? A small coral bead floats out from the grate. I get I get it. I catch it. It's a coral? Yeah, a little coral bead. Uh It looks like it's been broken off. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I I get a coin from my purse and I like throw it in the grate like a wishing well. <laughs> All right, it goes in. 
and there's no, it's just, I just have this bead now. Yeah, now you do. Yeah, you got a nice little, it's a pink coral bead. Can I investigate it? Yeah. Uh, like 23. It's a pink coral bead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it was drilled out with some sort of a fine tool. And the, like, the hole where it was drilled has been broken um, and has come off of whatever string it was threaded onto. Oh. Cat, could I roll, like, a some kind of check to know if I had, like, heard of something that would be under the water singing? Like, I yeah. do research. History. Uh, little creatures. Yeah, roll a history I check. Know about, I know about. Yeah. Fran's secret passion, little creature. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Okay, that's 17. Yeah, you've heard there's lots of monsters and creatures that live under the water. And um, sing. And sing. Well, there's a few that sing. So the one that comes to mind immediately is the Sertana. Uh, it's a creature that lives in the deep ocean, and there are lots of reports of sailors who hear them singing mournful songs at night. And there's a legend that if anybody romances and woos a Sertana and makes her their wife... That the Sertana will take them to an underwater kingdom where they will live forever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that, I'm going to come back up. And if there's like, what's that stuff called on the side of a ship? Like, Yeah, there's definitely rigging along the side of the ship. All right. Then I'm going to just climb up that, scurry Mm -hmm. on up. All right. Find my friends. Why don't you make a a quick athletics roll? Oh, well. (laughs) Okay, so I rolled a 10 and that makes it a (laughs) 9. Oh, you you try and scramble up and you fall down the first time. You make it the second try though. Like it, everybody on board laughs at you. That's I laugh real hard. Good, great. <laughs> Mary pats your shoulder when you come back aboard. And she's like, I don't think that many people saw. I show her my rope burns and I'm like, hmm. <laughs> uh, she she heals you, and I give Corbin a dirty look. Corbin smiles very big. <laughs> it's unsettling. Uh... And I I look at my two friends and I say, team meeting, team meeting. Yeah. <laughs> where, where would you like to do your team meeting? I don't know. Like, is there any space where there's not very many people around or would our best bet just to be do it out here because it's loud? No, it, pretty much everywhere in the ship is that you're allowed to go is completely full of people. Mm. Okay, so then we'll just do it out here. We'll just huddle up yeah. mm-hmm. near the edge. Okay, you're huddled. So I was out swimming, having the time of my life. Um, and I then go into a long description of every coral and fish that I saw <laughs> while I was under there and like how beautiful and wonderful it all was. Corbin, and I knew I was at home. Corbin lays down and starts taking a nap. <laughs> Mary signs, I'm glad you were having such a good time out here. However, I say. <laughs> Corbin wakes up suddenly. <laughs> I drag Corbin to his feet. <laughs> Mary helps Corbin up as well. And I I I show them very surreptitiously the little pearl I found. And I say, I think there's something like living in the ship singing songs. The sailors. <laughs> no, Corbin! <laughs> Something that gave me this beautiful pearl. I think that's coral. The sailors? It's it is coral, Mary. <laughs> oh, well, where did it did it come off the side of the ship? It came and I I sigh <laughs> I sigh deeply from a grate. <laughs> oh, where is it? 
It's un- It's like under the ship. I'll find it. <laughs> I heard like sad singing, but the thing is, as I've I've read about and you know dreamed about mm. and uh, that a lot about a type of uh, creature or person that this could be. It's called a Sertena, and I tell them everything the cat just told me. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like tricksters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, do you think they know it's down there, Mary Signs? I mean, they have a specific grate built into their ship to, like, have... I, I would assume that it's full of water, whatever room this thing is in, or cabin or cage, possibly. So I would assume they know. Why would you have a ship with a grate on it? I mean, I love it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Unless. 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 You had a Sertena, a.k.a. Fran's future girlfriend. <laughs> um, so Mary signs. Well, what do you want to do? I mean, I think we, I don't know. Should we ask about it? Uh, well, well, okay. When we were introduced to the ship, you said there's places we're not allowed to go. Yeah. Yep. Were they, were, how suspicious did it seem when we were told that we weren't allowed to go to those places? I mean, they basically just said you can be on the deck and you can be in the cruise quarters, but they didn't They didn't specifically forbid you. So, so. there isn't anywhere we're not allowed to go. <laughs> Yeah, let's just try to go. Yeah, let's just go. I'll just we can. Just, I'll just be like, I'm exploring. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But yeah. maybe cast pass pass without trace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'll cast pass. Okay. Trace. So are you guys gonna like stealth down there then? Um. Yeah, but like as if we're just casually confidently. Yeah, okay. confidently. Yeah. So you're casting pass without a trace. Then roll stealth checks if you're confidently stealthing. Okay. I got a seventeen. Mm-hmm. I also got 17, actually. Oh, that's really good for you guys. Mary rolled a critical fail. God damn it, Mary. Mary! So as you guys are stealthing, but confidently stealthing your way down to the hold, Rowan just sort of comes out of nowhere. And uh, he catches Mary by the wrist and he goes, Hey, where are you guys going? Is this not the way to the cabin? You're well past the cabin. Come on, you're not allowed down there. We're not allowed. We're paying customers. Hey. Actually... If I'm, my information's correct, you aren't paying customers. The city paid for you to come aboard. Somebody paid? Yeah, we got paid for. <laughs> yeah, and you guys paid to have hammocks in the cruise quarters where you can be. So move along. I he think has, we should own this ship right now. <laughs> he has a, a thing on his leg, right? He yeah, got, he has he a got... splint on his leg. Hey, Rowan? What? You, how'd you hurt your leg? Don't worry about it. It's a ship. Things happen. Come on. Would you need help? No, move. I, I could heal you. I don't care. Move. <laughs> would you don't want to? Would you like having a hurt leggy? You like having a broken leg? Come on! And he I, starts hurting you guys. <laughs> <laughs> buddy, buddy, I, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I I cast healing word on Rowan. What's your word? Uh, we should own this ship. <laughs> and then I heal him. Four. I heal him for six hit points. Okay. He rubs his leg. Is wow. That- Feels better, huh? Still, you're not allowed to be. <laughs> no, Rowan, Yay! I helped you out, buddy. Come on, uh, yeah. I just want to explore. I'm a teen boy. Yeah, well, there's lots of teen boys. Go explore with them. There are. There are. Are they hot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go meet them. Where, Rowan? Where are they? I don't know. Go 
Get out of here. Rowan. 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 Uh, he's just, he is ushering you guys away from yes. the, I, the ladder. Yeah, I hang on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> he deposits you back out on the top deck, and then uh, you see him go off to talk to Captain Merton. Okay. Hmm. Maybe we should try to pump some people for information. Yeah, let's go find those teen boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a, a small group of, it looks like they're about like between 17 and 19. There are three of them who are they're sitting on the deck tying net. As you approach them, they look up and there's a girl and two boys. And the girl gives you guys a wave and she says, hi, you're the new, uh, you're the passengers, right? My name's Lalina. Hello, Lalina. We are passenging. <laughs> that's us. Hello. Uh, this is Bruv and that's Zach. How hot are Bruv and Zach? And how hot is Lalina? Yeah, how hot are all three of them? How hot are all of them? <laughs> all right. I would say I'm going <laughs> to, okay. we're going to rate them on the pickup artist scale, one to 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say that. Lalina is like a seven, Bruve is like a 6.5, and Zach is a nine. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Corbin thrusts out his boob window a little bit, <laughs> and, he, and he stands with his hands on it. He power poses. He stands with his hands on his hips. What are your names? You just stood there in silence after we introduced <laughs> ourselves, thrusting your boob window out, and honestly, it's a little unsettling. Uh, this, this man is Corbin. I'm a man. And uh, this is Mary, and I'm Fran. And um, uh, how are all of you doing on this fine nave morn to noon? Bruv, and he's kind of, he's tall and stocky, very square. And he says, oh, I'm just hungry. Gordon's making up something good. I can smell it. I didn't get any of the, anything from the docks in Danmar. There's a really good smelling food cart, too. Hungry boy. Hungry uh, that's boy. it. Yeah. I still haven't gotten to go there. So now you're a hungry boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all having fun. <laughs> um, so how how long have you guys been working on this ship? You guys are like employees, right? Yeah. Well, Lena says, says yeah. Well, all three of us joined up about a year ago. Um, not much that you can do when you're just sort of a, you know, poor. <laughs> living, yeah. Living on, uh, oh. on the docks, but... You know, you learn how to tie knots and make yourself useful on a ship and you can go anywhere. That's what we're trying to do. Just learn to tie knots. Well, no, we're already pretty good at tying knots. I can see that. She shows up, holds up her netting to show you guys. and says, See? But we're just trying to see the world and get out of the hole that we were born in. Corbin looks at Zach and says, scale of one to ten, how good are you at tying knots? Uh... (laughs) Zach, he he holds up ten fingers. Shit. What kind of stuff do you guys transport? Anything dangerous? Uh, Lina, Other than us. Lena <laughs> laughs a little and she says, no, uh, Captain Merton just, he's an opportunist. He takes on oh. whatever he can. It makes for good trading. I think right now we're tra- we're carrying some stuff from an orcish caravan and some glass, maybe some other trade goods. I'm not really sure. Do you happen to know if part of your boat is filled with water? I am a very water-aware person, and I can kind of sense that there's something like that going on here. <laughs> a water enthusiast, Fran is. Yeah, you might say I'm an enthusiast. A fan. A Fran. <laughs> um, Lolina looks at the other two and then just sort of shrugs. Um, <laughs> Zach, other guy. Zach is looking firmly out to sea. Zach and number six. <laughs> Uh, Bruv shrugs and looks down at his feet. 
And Lelina says, it's nothing you guys need to worry about. There's not enough that we'll ever sink. What? Uh, Zach knows something. Zach looks like he knows something. Zach looks like he knows something. He looks good and like he knows something. Number nine. Can you answer the question? Why are you numbering them? There's only three. (laughs) You don't have to. I don't have to explain any of my. It's don't worry. Zach. Zach. (laughs) Zach gets up and he says, I'm going to go check on the food. And he, that, he that, like, walks away. Zachy, Zachy, no. baby, come back. <laughs> Lelina, she stands up too and she starts gathering up the net. And she says, I should probably also um, do something with this. Come on, Bruv. And uh, they, they walk away from you. What the fuck? Number six, number seven. <laughs> Corbin. <laughs> okay, team meeting. Team meeting, I say. <laughs> and, and, I mean, you, the three of you are already standing there. <laughs> we're, right, we're right here, friend. Okay, very good. <laughs> Mary puts a, a hand on your arm, Fran, and she then signs, you're doing great. <laughs> Fran is like, she's just like manic with nerves. <laughs> so she's just like, uh-huh. So those guys definitely know something. Yeah, they definitely know They're something. They're scared. They're fucking terrified of us. I, was, I don't know if it's of us. <laughs> Mary signs, it's definitely of us. <laughs> We just have that aura. Well, when all three of us are combined, we're just like oh, it just so true. intimidating. We're like the shortest three people <laughs> in the world, like frail little nerds. Mary shrugs and says, "Well, you know, they're probably all pretty close, and we're strangers, so it makes sense." So, what are you saying? We need to seduce one of them? I'm already on it with Zach. Mary shakes her head frantically and waves her, her hands in a no, no, no motion. Okay, well, that was a good idea, but <laughs> you don't want us to do it. Like, that's fine. I, can, I might just do it anyways. I mean, what you do on your own time is, is fine with us. Thank you, Fran, for we your support. support. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think that's enough for your first day. You guys have a meal with the crew and you kind of meet everybody else. The cook you see, uh, his name is Gordon. He is rough and tumble and... Uh, with sandy blonde hair, and he pretty much stays in the kitchen the whole time. Is his last name Ramsey? It may be. (laughs) (laughs) Then the other sailors, you met Bruve, Zach, and Lelina, and then there's Kaida, Sebastian, and Koo. It's a pretty small crew. When you meet them all over dinner, it's a lamb stew. You guys are coming right off ashore, so he got some fresh meat and uh, made a delicious lamb stew for everyone, and Captain Merton actually eats with the crew. He, He doesn't eat in his quarters. Cool. Yeah, everybody seems really friendly, really close. Um, and after dinner, they they all start singing songs. Uh, why don't you make a perception check? Uh oh, ooh, buddy, I got a sixteen. Okay, I, I did amazing. I got twenty-two, but not natural. All right, so you notice while everybody's singing songs, you see Noon lugging a bucket full of chum down to the uh, hold. Do I smell it? Is that? Yeah, you do. Corbin, you smell it before you see it, and you're like, oh, nice, more food. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But you see Noon, and he's, it's a big bucket of chum, and he is a very small gnome, so he's like holding it up with both arms and climbing down the ladder very awkwardly. I I nudge Corbin really intensely, and I say, he looks like he needs some help, Corbin. He looks, yeah, I'm going to go. Just going to go offer my incredible strong services. Very cool. Maybe I'll stay here and like do like a, I don't know, like a magic show. Yeah. Okay. And I go over to Noon and I say, hey, do you need 
some help? That looks pretty heavy. Uh, no, don't, no, don't worry about me. I got it. I... No, no, but I got you. Hey, come, it's cool. And I just help him. No, sorry, you're not allowed down here. I can you give me what? back my bucket of chum? No. It's... What? Why? Why am I not allowed? I'm trying. It's fine. You're not one of the crew. It's fine. Give me. Can my... I roll to persuade him to let me help him? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Eighteen. All right. Oh, okay. But you just. You can just help me bring it down, but you gotta stay by the ladder, okay? Yeah, no problem, buddy. I got you. All right, so you guys head down the ladder. Noon goes first, and uh, he lets you carry the bucket of chum down. My big, strong arms flex. Do I see Zach on my way? No, on my way? no. God damn it. He's watching Fran's magic show. Well, I flex anyway, just in case. <laughs> yeah, you guys get down to the bottom of the hold, and Noon lights a lamp that's sitting at the bottom of the ladder. He says, okay, uh, here, I'll, I'll take the bucket now. I give it to him. Yeah. He says, okay, uh, thanks. You can just climb back up now. Okay. And he waits for you. To <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he waits for you to climb back up. <laughs> yep. I turn around and I grab the ladder. Mm-hmm. And he watches you. <laughs> <laughs> I climb up one rung. And he's still watching you. I climb up another rung. He's continuing to watch you. Okay. <laughs> Um, give me, hold on, give me, give me a, a visual. So, like, the ladder, at the top of the ladder, is it, like, a door, like, a hinge or something? Yeah, it's a, it's a hatch. Okay. Okay, I, I, I climb up and I continue climbing. Okay. Like I'm going, but I, but I look back. Is he still? Uh, once he's pretty sure that you've, like, gone almost all the way up, he okay. turns and he starts to walk into the hold. Okay, I, I get up to the top and I open the latch and then I slam it down and I stay on the ladder and I look. Okay. Okay. So you, you watch the light of the lantern move across the hold and from your vantage point up high you can see over them and at the back of the hold you can't quite see it um, but you see the lantern light stop at the back left corner and then you hear a lot of splashing and a sort of chittering gurgling noise and then you hear noon saying hey it's it's okay don't worry i'm not gonna hurt you yeah, eat up. It's it's all good. It. I mean, it's not really that good, but... Corbin licks his lips. I tried to get the fresh stuff. Okay, well, I guess I'll uh, I'll see you later. Oh, Corbin scrambles away, and he's very <laughs> careful to close the, the hatch carefully okay. and quietly. All right. I assume you'll you'll catch Fran up Yeah, afterwards. yeah, I'm going to catch Fran up. Fran, how did you, uh, why don't you roll me a performance check? Can I roll an intelligence check no. since I'm going to use magic? <laughs> no, it's a show. You have to roll performance. <laughs> Oh, oh, hey. Hey, damn. I got a 19. Nice. Very good. You perform a very good magic show. What oh do you do? Oh, my God. So I stand up immediately as Corbin is le- leaving, and I say, Hear ye, hear ye, all who ride the this ship thrill as the amazing Frenica blows your mind. <laughs> Great performance. <laughs> and then I um, I, I throw up a harmless shower of sparks. Mm-hmm. Everyone oohs and ahs. And I disguise myself as Captain Merton. <laughs> Everyone loves that. And then I like do like a impression of him and I say, ho ho, don't call me Morton. I'll throw you off the ship. <laughs> uh, I, that gets a big laugh. <laughs> Even Merton is laughing. <laughs> now where did that handsome, beautiful Genasi go? And then I, I put an illusion of my face face on his face oh, everyone loves it everyone claps everyone's very very into this show and then another shower of sparks and we go back to normal and i say now i'm gonna eat 
And they all laugh and clap. And then people start coming up to you and be like, oh, yeah, how'd you do that? That was really cool. You're really amazing. Wow, you're really pretty. Thank you. I have high intelligence. (laughs) All right. So you guys go to sleep. The crew kind of gives you a little bit of guff about trying to sleep outside, but they're mostly fine with it. Yeah, I, I like go up a little bit high, so I'm not in like anybody's way. They find a place for you to sleep. They figure like it must be something of blue people customs. Like sure is. So Corbin, that night you have a dream, and you see the Estrin camp. And you see Laika and Zerun sitting by a bonfire. And Laika is eating some jerky or some meat. And you watch as Zerun leans his head up and snaps a bite of it. And then the scene changes and you are in the dark. You hear the sound of metal striking stone. And to your left, a torch bursts into flame. An orc woman puts a finger to her lips. And as you look around the cavern, you see the rock that surrounds you is blood red. Don't worry. I'm sending help. The woman's mouth moves in time with the words, but you can tell that they're not coming from her. They're coming from somewhere else. Somewhere deeper in the cave. You turn your head to look down the dark passage and you hear scuttling. It grows louder and you see an iridescent reflection in the torchlight. And then the scene changes again, and there's a figure sitting at a different fire, alone. There's a driving rain which you can see just outside the rocky overhang where the figure camps. There's a flash of lightning and you see an orcish face whose eyes stare directly into yours. And then you wake up. Gift in your hands has filled up each space already. There's only one left. The smile on your face as you tell me misunderstandings mean war, but the alternative is worse. You should know by now that living 